G'day, g'day. Welcome to Inside the Spine. My name is Lex, and you're about to listen to a book review. I hope you're having a good day, evening, or wherever in time you happen to be when you listen to this podcast. I've had a bit of a hiatus over Christmas and the New Year and then some, but we're back, hopefully with some exciting stuff and possibly some controversial opinions. Welcome back to any previous listeners and howdy to any new ones. Before we get started, go grab some water, grab a tea, coffee, hot chocolate, or whatever your drink of preference is, and settle in as we review The Last Kiss Goodbye by Tasmina Perry. Everyone remembers their first kiss. But what about the last? 1961. Journalist Rosamund Bailey is ready to change the world. When she meets explorer and man about town Dominic Blake, she realises she's found the love of her life. Just as happiness is in their grasp, the worst happens and their future is snatched away. 2014. Deep in the vaults of a museum, Archivist Abby Gordon stumbles upon a breathtaking find, a faded photograph of a man saying goodbye to the woman he loves. Looking for a way to escape her own heartache, Abby becomes obsessed with the story, little realising that behind the image frozen in time lies a secret altogether more extraordinary. My star rating for The Last Kiss Goodbye is a 3.75 out of 5 stars. I've officially decided that quarter stars are also acceptable, so expect more star ratings like this one. My spice rating for this book is a 3.5 out of 5. There were only a couple of spicy scenes, but they were pretty good, and I actually enjoyed that this one wasn't too spice-heavy. It didn't need to be. In parts, the book was a little slow, but we got to about the second half and everything just absolutely picked up speed. Suddenly, there were a whole bunch of twists that I had no idea were coming. Those twists came at a really good time, because had they not, I think I may have struggled to finish the book. I went from taking days to read it to finishing it in a couple of nights after work and sending a million voice notes to a friend of mine as things unraveled and revealed. I actually got really worried that we'd be left on a cliffhanger at one point, which thankfully, we weren't. (laughs) I have to be honest and say that I was invested more in one side of the story than the other, so when they finally crossed over, that was a bit of a blessing in disguise. The cover is really beautiful. It's actually the reason I decided to read the book in the first place, I was immediately intrigued about who these people on the cover were and why this moment was integral enough to be front and centre. I don't usually like book covers with real people on them, but I'm happy to make an exception for this one. The writing was really nice. I liked that the chapters were a mix of lengths rather than all being really short or too long. It was also really nice to get back to a third-person POV read. I had mixed feelings about a lot of the characters, That could be partially why I struggled to get through some of the book in parts. It's not easy when you're not completely sold on a lot of the characters. There were moments that just frustrated me when I know that probably wasn't the intention. Well, we've reached the point where I tell you to get out of here if you don't want any spoilers. Come back later once you've read or finished reading the book. Now, let's get into some of the finer details. I ended up giving the cover four and a half stars. The only reason it lost half a star is because I'm wondering why in the world we've got a shot of the Eiffel Tower. 
After having read the book and now knowing the moment in which I'm assuming that photo is taken and is meant to represent, it was definitely not taken in Paris. I guess Paris does make for a pretty backdrop, though. In terms of writing, I'm still struggling with my exact stars for that. I enjoyed it, and I liked the third-person POV. I think it was the best way for this story to be told. I found that there were moments where I had to just stop and let certain quotes sink in because of how good they were, or the emotion they evoked from me. I guess that leans the rating close to a 4, maybe a 3.75. Now, storyline for me was a 3 stars. As I've already said, overall I enjoyed the book, and it had some incredible twists which I didn't see coming. The two different eras were really fun, and the way the two stories connected was very clever. Historical fiction is certainly becoming a favourite genre of mine, rather quickly. Perry really had me, right up until the end. And then she lost me. I actually got rather frustrated with the way Abby's story ended, and didn't find it satisfying at all. I really think she deserved better than Nick, and after everything she went through, it just felt out of character for her to go back to him. While we're on the subject of characters, that is another rating I haven't quite figured out yet. There were characters I liked that I thought were really well written, and then characters I didn't like as much. I guess that kind of settles the rating on a solid three. Let's start with Abby Gordon. I had mixed feelings about her. For the most part, I liked her, but I had more interest in Rosa and Dom's story than hers overall. I've already mentioned it, but I felt she deserved way better than both Nick and Elliot. I liked her determination to help Rose, despite her naivety sometimes being a detriment. I was really proud of her for going after what she wanted and for working through obstacles put in front of her. I just really wish she didn't go back to Nick in the end. I don't know, perhaps I'm missing a crucial point about forgiveness or something, but I just didn't like it. Speaking of Nick, he was also a character I had mixed feelings about. Whenever we saw him and I started to like him, I remember he cheated on Abby. And for me, there's just no coming back from cheating on someone, so I really struggled to see past it. The further we get through the book, the more of an explanation we get about why he did it, but it's still not an excuse. I also didn't like how often he tried to contact Abby after she'd made it very clear she didn't want to speak with him anymore. Next, we have Nick's sister, Ginny. She was an absolute piece of work. Towards the back end of the book, we discover that Ginny told Nick that if he and Abby couldn't have kids, Abby didn't want to be with him. Which was a lie. It was a large contributing factor to why Nick eventually cheated on Abby. Should Nick have spoken to Abby before sticking his dick in someone else? Absolutely. But equally, Ginny should have kept her nose out of it. She then goes on to try and bring them back together, even going so far as to set up a meeting with them under the assumption that they were both only seeing her. If my friend did that to me, to force me to speak to my cheating husband, whom I've said multiple times I don't wish to speak to, I'd be finding new friends. Moving on to our historical part of the story, Dominic Blake. I loved Dom from the moment we met him. The twists and turns we deal with for his character throughout are just insane. He's charming, I adored how much she cared about Rosa, and the circumstances surrounding him made me cry multiple times. The first image we get of Dom is him running late, and the descriptor that he often pushed his hair back with a sheepish grin to charm his way out of trouble. This describes Dom in one sentence. 
I love how well he and Rosa complimented each other, and I was so invested in their story. Now, we can't have Dom without Rosamund Bailey. Rosa is fierce, feisty, and fiery. I loved her tenacity in the 60s and her world-weary determination in 2014. Rosa, for the most part, is our only character that directly crosses over both timelines in the story. Perhaps that's why I was so invested in her. I cared so much about Rosa and Dom, almost like, as a reader, I was Abby trying to help her uncover the truth. Whether I was seeing things from her perspective in the 60s, or I saw her appearing in 2014, I cared. I cared about every aspect. And to me, that's the sign of an incredibly well-written character. So now we're going to go through some memorable quotes for me. Uh, These were quotes that either made me laugh, made me think, made me cry. So let's get into it. The first one is from chapter 5, page 52. Oh, Andrew was an unmitigated shit. I'm sure you know that as well as anyone. But he was a handsome shit. Now this is a line from Rosa Bailey herself. Sums up her character so nicely. She just, no bullshit says says things that she means. It's great. I love her. The next one is from chapter 10, page 94. Technically, it's a bit of a double barrel line. So Rosa says, no one's wearing a cocktail dress. And Dom responds, I've got one under my jacket. Their relationship is just so wholesome and lovely. And there's just another example of Dom's quick wit in the books. The next quote is from chapter 12, page 125. Abby knew that she'd simply been keeping a lid on a simmering pot. Now, this quote was really nice because everybody knows that feeling, right? Everybody has a moment where they sort of go, ah, yes, I've been feeling a lot of feelings and I've just been kind of pushing them down and shoving them down and I'll deal with it later, I'll deal with it later, or I won't deal with it at all. And inside you know that you're just keeping that lid on that pot and eventually, if things get hot enough, it will boil over. And that's just the nature of of life. That's the nature of, of dealing with your emotions. The next quote is from chapter 16, page 157. Abby says, it feels like a magician has come along and whipped off the tablecloth, leaving the plates and cutlery in place, leaving everything the same. But actually, it's also very, very different. This is Abby speaking to Elliot about her impending divorce with Nick. And I wrote in the book next to it, that's a nice analogy, because there are many moments in our life that I think you can relate this quote to, where everything around you is the same, all the mundane things are the same, the world keeps turning, but something has happened in your life that you wonder how everything else can keep moving when these things have happened, whether it be a death in the family or just anything major, a divorce, something like that. Something rocks your life, but everything else keeps moving. And on the surface, everything looks the same and everything's in place, but there's just something slightly off and wrong. Now, the last quote is from chapter 35, page 358, and it's this. True love was simply the desire to make that person happy, no matter the cost to yourself. Now, this is a quote surrounding Dominic and Rosa's relationship, where Dom has seen after his disappearance 
that Rosa is with somebody else and she seems happy. And despite knowing how much they loved each other, he didn't want to break that happiness and didn't want to get involved and make things hard for her. And so he sees this moment and instead of going after her like he'd initially planned to and tell her that he's alive and he's okay, he turns and he walks away at the detriment of his own happiness so that she can be happy because he loves her so much. My final thoughts on why The Last Kiss Goodbye was a 3.75 star read. I didn't care enough about both storylines happening throughout the book, but I cared so deeply about Rosa's that I just had to keep reading. Rosa and Dom for me were the absolute highlights of this book, and I wish we had more time with them. I know I'm making it sound like I hated Abby's part of the story, but I didn't. There was just so much more I didn't enjoy as much. It got better for me when the stories crossed over and the twists were coming from left and right. I think I would have enjoyed Abby's story more if I'd been satisfied with the ending. I don't want to turn anyone off reading it because I do think it's worth the read and I definitely recommend for people who like historical fiction. Perhaps you'll have entirely different opinions to me. Perhaps you'll understand and be able to accept Abby's ending better than I could. I'd love more people to read it to get those kind of discussions happening. As a parting word from me, I created a playlist to listen to whilst reading the book that I believe fits the vibe pretty well. I'm going to do so for a lot of the books I review here on out. I personally find it really nice to have some reading music on in the background that fits the book style. I've linked that Spotify playlist in my review on Instagram for anyone interested. Well, that's it from me. I hope you enjoyed this review of The Last Kiss Goodbye. Have a lovely rest of your day or evening. Take care of yourselves, drink some water, get some sleep, be safe, and I will see you next time on Inside the Spine.